Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, Cap M shares his path from a top target in the UK to working in debt capital markets for an investment bank in Singapore. We learn why he moved to the UK for school, why he ended up back in Singapore, and why he made the jump to treasury for a large corporation in Hong Kong. Enjoy. All right, Cap M, welcome to the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Hey, thanks, Patrick. Yeah, nice to be here. And uh, thanks for having me. It'd be great if you could just give the listeners a short summary of your bio. Sure, yeah. Um, so I, um, I studied in uh, one of the target uh, UK uh, universities uh, in London. Uh, and um, I, after graduation, I uh, went to, back to Asia uh, to uh, start in my first job. Uh, in investment banking, so specifically in uh, the debt capital markets uh, industry, uh, I was uh, I was in DCM uh, debt capital markets for about four years. Um, then I joined uh, one of my clients actually uh, in their treasury department. Uh, so I would say that you could consider that as, um, you know, the exit opportunities. Uh, and then since then, I've always been in treasury uh, and you sort of um, leveraging the, the knowledge and experience from, from my DCM days in, right. in corporate treasury. And that's where we are now. So let, let's go all the way back though to undergrad at this Target University in the UK. Um, why go to the UK? What was the thought process? Were you thinking, I'm going to stay there? Did you uh, always know you wanted to do debt capital markets <laughs> or DCM? Yeah. So uh, going back to the decision of uh, uh, studying in the UK, I've always uh, wanted to study overseas uh, and, and gain uh, sort of a different sort of exposure and where were you from originally, if you don't mind? Sure. Yeah, I yeah I I'm uh, I grew up uh, in in Asia, uh, specifically in in Singapore. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you you kind of knew early on. How did you know this that, that you wanted to be in the UK? Was it uh, or get that exposure? Was it parents saying you should go? Was it just you thinking it yourself, or what kind of encouraged you? Uh, well, yeah, it was basically all me, uh, just wanting to to uh, uh, live and experience a different, uh, you know, the, the other side of the world. Yeah. Uh, it was 
definitely the best, <laughs> the best decision uh, ever. Uh, I would always tell my parents, uh, the person who left uh, is different from the person who came back. For sure. And so you don't regret at all going to the UK for, for your study. What, where do you, what do you think it helped you in the most for, for other listeners that are maybe thinking of making a similar move? What were the, like, the biggest pros of studying somewhere outside your home country? outside of Singapore? Uh, it appeals to people who are always uh, in search of uh, going out of their comfort zone. Just, uh, I, I didn't expect anything. I, 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 um, I just went and I loved it. Uh, I like being uh, independent. I like the sort of the independent life. Uh, the thing that really... So were you just doing this as like an adventure or did you think, hey, it's going to be good for my career? Both, both. Yeah, I think um, definitely the school I went to was, was, was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and, and in the sort of the, the target zone for uh, finance. Um, but I also think that uh, on top of getting an education, it was good to see um, what it was like outside of Asia. Um, yeah, I didn't really have a lot of that uh, growing up. Uh, so, so that was just my chance to, to, to figure out uh, how it is. I think it's similar to how um, maybe Westerners or, uh, or anybody else who wants to understand Asia, I think it's, it's similar. Yeah, studying abroad programs and all that stuff. Yeah, that's right. So, okay, so you're you're there. You're kind of tell me a little bit about like the recruiting for uh, investment banking. Kind of going through that program. Was it something where like by sophomore year, year you had to figure it out, or back then when you were recruiting, was it a little bit more relaxed? Because I know it's competitive coming out of the school you were at. Um, so, how did you kind of treat it, and how did you end up back, um, you know, back in your home country? Sure, I, I I didn't really take it as seriously as I uh, expected to be. I um, I came into the school I, uh, back then. Uh, I was just so grateful and happy to be able to land in the school that I was in. Uh, then it was only after arriving uh, in the UK. And then I got bombarded with all the um, the internship cycles and the uh, 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 job applications, and they all start uh, way before the actual job. Way before the actual job. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, uh, but that was just like the culture of the the, the, the university or or the undergraduate. Were you applying mostly to like UK based banks then, or like, did you, were you ready for the interviews or did you like, you knew what was coming or was it a surprise to you? Um, it was a surprise at the start, um, but I just uh, kept applying. I, I applied to all uh, banks um, then uh, uh, in, in London, in Singapore, in Hong Kong, actually basically anywhere. Uh, I, the thing that I kept quite fixed was uh, that I wanted to do finance, specifically front office. Mm -hmm. 
uh, sell side finance. Um, the thing that I wanted to say was, um, I graduated the, uh, in the year or the year after the Eurozone crisis. So um, in Europe or in London, it was definitely a lot harder. Um, so my feeling back then was that uh, the, the, the hiring was, uh, they would look at a situation back then and they would decide the hiring plans for the next year. So if they were in a crisis this year, uh, they would, uh, that would affect the hiring at, in that year or the year after. So I was pro in that zone. Yeah. Uh, and I found it uh, really difficult then to, to find something in London. I would have stayed in London if I had a job, uh, but uh, unfortunately I didn't. Uh, and I uh, managed to uh, uh, score an offer back home. And the offer back home was in the, like a debt capital markets group. Um, yes. Specifically, was it was it something where like you were interviewed for that and you had to know specifically about capital markets before the interview, or did you, um, you know, get a job at the bank and then they placed you in that group later on? Um, it was a mixture of both. I uh, to be specific, it was uh, a management um, management associate program where they allowed you to rotate. Oh, cool. I think it's common uh, in some of the banks. Yeah. Um, but the, the main difference uh, in uh, between some of these programs is that uh, they allowed you to, uh, uh, some of them, some of the banks allowed you to choose your eventual department uh, and some didn't. So uh, I actually had uh, two, uh, two offers from uh, banks back in Singapore. Uh, one didn't allow you to choose, so you would rotate, uh, you would do rotations for one to two years. And you're rotating through like corporate banking, credit risk, what else? Like what types of departments are you rotating through? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll comment on that. Okay. Uh, so um, the, the, the structure of those rotations were uh, that you would, just, you would rotate. Um, sometimes you have a choice, sometimes you don't. Uh, and for the program uh, that, that didn't allow you to choose your eventual department, uh, they would not, uh, you, your rotations are basically uh, also not fixed. Uh, I, didn't go, I didn't go for that. I went for another one where um, I was allowed to choose my eventual department. Well, obviously they had to pick me for that uh, uh, eventual department. But so anyway, I chose, um, I chose the, the debt capital markets uh, front office uh, department as my eventual uh, home home department, and uh, because of that, they were able to structure my rotations uh, around what I needed to know for my eventual job. So, um, for front office debt capital markets, I was uh, rotated to. Uh, credit risk, uh, syndicate desk, mm. uh, uh, even like corporate banking where I got to know the RMs uh, yep. that I would work with closely, uh, a, a short um, stint in, in the ops 
department in uh, the trading department. Why would you even choose that department? Why, why that one? Were there other ones you were considering? Or did you feel like that was the most interesting for a specific reason? Because I think that could help a lot of people say, you know, anyone interviewing and they ask you why debt capital markets or why capital markets? What was what were your thoughts? Why did you choose that group? Yeah, I think a lot of the uh, uh, sort of information that undergraduates can get um, are quite heavily focused on equities uh, and, and the you know uh, M and A, the uh, ECM market. Um, but I've always been more of a uh, debt person. Um, I don't. I think back then I chose DCM because I thought that it was um, uh, that that bonds uh, were. Uh, a bigger market um, and <clears throat> I've also tried to read as much as possible that it was a, a fast-paced uh, I guess job compared to M&A or ECM where you can spend nine months on a project I don't have that kind of stamina really uh, so DCM uh, was was the right choice and it turned out well. I wouldn't say that in, I wouldn't say that in the interview for anyone listening that you don't have the stamina for DCM. <laughs> but no, I get what you're saying. You're saying that you know you didn't want to be on a long-term engagements, you wanted shorter term engagements. Yeah, that's right. And uh, closer to the market as well. Closer to the market. Cool. So uh, how did things progress? So you did your rotations. Um, were you learning a lot or was it, did, you know, the first few months since you were kind of finance, you know, you had a little bit of finance background economics, was it pretty easy for you or was it really hard? Talk to me about the hours, the pay, anything you can share for the listeners. Um, for the rotations, um, uh, it was, it wasn't that fulfilling really. Um, in terms of the technical knowledge that you can get, uh, I think uh, I'll just be honest here because some of this, Rotations uh, were for uh, three months where the receiving department that would uh, take you in for that three months uh, didn't see you as somebody who could contribute to their, to their work. Um, so uh, then they would, they would probably entertain you, teach you for uh, uh, the first month, and then they would, uh, uh, their attention towards you would drop off. Yeah. That would be, uh, I don't know about other companies that have management associate programs for years. I think then they may have a culture of having uh, management associates on rotations all yeah. over. Uh, but for some of the banks, maybe not. Uh, so I think maybe at this point, my advice would be uh, if you had a say in the rotations, um, I think it would be good to have them uh, really short or really long. So the receiving department uh, can either just, uh, it's easier for them to decide if you're here really uh, for a really short time, uh, then your focus will be to build uh, your network with them, you know? Yeah, like one month or six months, not three. Because at three months, That's right. you're like, they can kind of use you, but not, you can't do any long-term projects. And then, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's interesting. Um, 
So they had you kind of in this in between, so you didn't get as much value. Um, you probably got to see a lot of different parts of the bank, which was help, which was useful, but it it could have been shorter. You're saying in each stint, and you could yeah, that's right. I think then back then I I I, I realized that, and uh, my focus wasn't on building the technical knowledge. Uh, back then it was just from uh, I. Uh, decided to focus on having a high level uh, uh, view of the, 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 the things that this department would do. Yeah. And also, um, most importantly, uh, get to know the people that uh, are there. So, so I, I forgot to ask you, this bank in Singapore, sorry to go back on you, but did you ever do a summer internship there or anywhere else? Like, no, you just, no. You just I, yeah. Uh, so going back to the, the whole, uh, job applications in, yeah. in university i was very late to all of that i think uh, i i missed uh i missed you know the whole uh what's that the um resume drops yeah yeah the one before uh the internships the first year one. Oh, the spring the spring, spring one yeah i missed that i missed the summer internships i yeah so in a way i, I kind of fell short i guess of uh, uh some of the uh job uh, uh, requirements. I think even back then, uh, a first class honors wasn't enough. It, you you got to have like a few internships in, in the same. Yeah, it's competitive, especially back then if the, if the economy was weaker and they weren't hiring as many. Yeah, that's right. So, okay, but you still landed a job. Um, you, that was kind of what during your last year um, in, in university, you kind of just started applying when you got back onto campus. Yeah, in, in my final year, I decided to focus more on uh, job applications and securing that, that job uh, even before graduation. I think that was pretty much the strategy. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely studied way more than I should have. So I, I was good on, on securing a good uh, honors grades for my Yep, that's cool. And then how about um pay for this bank it's i have no idea about pay in singapore i'd love some some insight is it similar to other front office um roles in other countries in terms of like you know the, the overall pay in terms of like base and bonus yeah no it wasn't um it wasn't going to be uh the same as as i guess what the numbers were in well, i know like new york pays higher than uk typically oh yeah then asia definitely pays less it pays less. So do you, uh, do you mind sharing like a range? You don't have to give us the exact numbers, but do you remember around sure. what it was? Um, let me just quickly. Oh, it was like uh, 3,000 US dollars per month. Nice starting. Okay. Got it. For starting, for starting base. Okay. And then any bonus or it was mostly a rotation program. So it was like minimal bonus or no bonus. Yeah, the rotation, yeah, it was like minimal. Yeah. Okay. And so you kind of go through this rotation. It's like a full two year, you know, two years. Is that right? Or uh, I, mine was one and a half. One and a half years. And then kind of you, then you get to your, your group and you're there for a little while. And then what's your thought process? Like, I'm going to be here long-term. You, you start looking right away for a different job. What's your thought process in terms of like, like you said, exits. You mean, you mean during the rotation or after? Both either. Like, did you start thinking right away? Like I need a you know, look at a different firm or did you think of, um, you know, Hey, you know, this would be a really good exit. Um, did you start applying to, you know, jobs in other countries or do you think, Hey, I'm going to stay here. 
I did all of that. <laughs> so you're looking at everything. You were just, but you knew you wanted to move. Yeah, I think uh, when I was in the in in the rotations, I was not. Um, I wasn't super happy, uh, but but uh, that was just me back then uh, thinking that oh, I, I'm in these rotations. I'm not getting the the technical knowledge that I uh, should be, uh, and also um, th- that was one. Uh, and I started to look elsewhere. Um, back then, I was thinking that, oh, okay. Um, it, I, I, I just started working for uh, in my first year. So I could maybe try and apply again back to some of these uh, fresh graduate programs. Uh, that was number one. Number two, I was thinking uh, because I graduated in the, uh, uh, you know, during, you know, during the Eurozone crisis. Uh, I was hoping to uh, land something again uh, when the economy was better. Yep. And so how did that, how did that go? How were the applications? Were you able to kind of get in, into any of the processes? I, yeah, I didn't get anything at all. It probably wouldn't even look at you because you weren't in school still. No, yeah, this was, this was uh, in my first or second year of working in Singapore. Yeah. But you said you tried to apply back into the graduate program for for school. They would they did you get any interviews from that? No. Um, so where did you get some success? And did you network at all, talking to people? What, what's that like in terms of over there? How, how did you kind of end up at your next role? Uh, yeah, I think the the the, the job applications didn't really uh, didn't really have any success um i just i guess i just started working and i think in my um, second or third year yeah i then i got a call from a, a recruiter that um represented a bank also in singapore that wanted to start up their dcm desk so uh i went over it was a for a chinese bank that wanted to do more DCM deals. So I think back then, uh, the DCM deals that I did were very uh, focused in, in Singapore, uh, Southeast Asia. So I wanted to do something more uh, closely related to China. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so this was an opportunity for that. So you, did you interview for it? What were the interviews like for that kind of role? You just talked about the deals you had already done kind of thing? Yeah, that's right. I think they, uh, the bank, uh, it, it was more like an experience hire interview. So there wasn't a lot of all the uh, basic stuff, uh, with all the assessments and stuff. So they just basically looked at my CV, the deals I've done, and they were like, okay, yeah, I think you're good to go. Awesome. So you made that move. And then um, how was that? You're still in Singapore, but how was that working for a Chinese bank? Yeah, I think uh, it was moving from a, a, a mature DCM platform where uh, everybody knew what they were doing. Uh, it was like the deal came in and came out uh, smoothly. So, so it was a, that was the first role. Uh, the second one was, um, as I said before, they were trying to set up the DCM desk. So it was a, a bit of trying to get the deals and also building up the, 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 the business almost from scratch. Wow. So a little more entrepreneurial. 
Yeah, I uh, I quite liked it though. I think uh, I quite liked that whole entrepreneurial uh, startup kind was of. Was it a was it a big pay bump at least? Because you kind of took more of a leadership role there as an experienced hire, or not really? Uh, not really. I think um, uh, I definitely did take a, a, a pay rise, but it was um, it was more of the case where they didn't have a budget to hire somebody more senior. So they they kind of settled for somebody who had two to three years of experience. Got it. Just rolled with it. <laughs> <laughs> they roll with it, and fingers crossed that it wouldn't uh, backfire. So how did how did it go? How what was that like? And then you know why make uh, the movie? Did you went eventually? You went to. Um, I mean, we can talk about it just in terms of you know whether to work in Hong Kong or Singapore or. Um, you know, or just Asian in general for career development, I'd love to just hear your opinion. And, you know, for, for the listeners out there that are kind of in a similar boat, if you could just give them advice, or, since you have a lot of, you have a lot of experience kind of in both markets. So. Yeah, I, um, I've always, okay. So, so before going into all the specific experiences, I, I just wanted to state the, my, uh, my guiding principle when it comes to, my career and my experiences. I've always wanted to, to uh, diversify my experience uh, and always dive into something uh, almost completely new. Um, so I would say I'm quite happy to, to, to say that in my relatively short career, I have, uh, I have worked uh, in uh, Chinese banks, uh, worked for, you know, Chinese companies, uh, worked in Hong Kong, Singapore, even a short stint in Jakarta. Um, that was one of my rotations. So, um, and, and I've done, you know, front office, uh, sort of, uh, sell side DCM banking. I've done some of the rotations. Uh, I've even crossed over to the client, you know, issuer client site. So in a way, I, uh, I definitely would, uh, that, that, that's, that's sort of the guiding principle that I had for my career, just uh, diversifying, I guess, yeah. branching out, you know, getting a, a bigger picture of the entire situation rather than um, uh, uh, sort of drilling down into one sector and then being like 20 years in that sector and becoming like MD. That's, that's not really my sort of way I wanted to do it. And what are your thoughts on, what are your thoughts on language? She said, you know, we could talk about whether learning Chinese is worth it or not. Yeah, I think that was, that's uh, one of the biggest uh, things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, discourage anybody from from learning uh, the language for sure um, uh, it's definitely quite difficult and i've seen people uh, i mean non-chinese uh, people who wanted to learn the language uh, and they have done it quite well uh, and and they are definitely really hardworking. they can speak it well uh, but the main thing that i wanted to say is when it comes to the finance world um, i don't think the hiring companies will take 
uh, any sort of uh, language uh, any candidates, uh, no matter you know what your proficiency is. Um, uh, so even for me, I'm uh, of Chinese ethnicity uh, from Singapore. Uh, my Chinese is pretty okay. Um, working in a Chinese bank and then another Chinese organization after. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't feel like they would consider my Chinese as up to their standard. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've also heard, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Anecdotes of uh, hiring managers who only hire native Chinese yeah. people. Uh, and it even got to the point where they would hire somebody, they would prefer somebody from their own, uh, what's it called, home province. So, oh, you see that in the United States too. I mean, hey, I'm going to hire somebody only from the South, or I'm going to hire somebody only from the West Coast, right? Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, anecdotal, yeah, that's right, that's right. And uh, it's it's kind of the whole thing where uh, uh, there's just so many candidates out there, uh, they are they don't have to pick you really. There's no reason to pick. There's no reason to pick you if you're not a native speaker. Like they're just. Yeah, yeah. I think it sounds. Uh, it it would sound impressive that you can speak it, but in terms of really getting down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, converting it or monetizing that, that language skills for your career in Asia, not really. Yeah, I I'm definitely like firsthand. Very hard to do. Yeah, no, I've spoken with some, some guests on the pod that have been able to do that and they've they've expressed that it's it was incredibly difficult and that you know they felt doors were clo always closed to them um even if they were completely fluent you know you know almost native fluency <laughs> yeah, yeah um so yeah that doesn't surprise me um so yeah tell us i guess you know in terms of exits and treasury i'd, I'd love to learn more about that what does that even mean so and i understand dcm you're working on bond issue you know bond issuances all this stuff um sell side right and then you move to um the chinese bank in singapore doing similar type of work just a little bit more entrepreneurial but then then what was your next move and let's talk about let's wrap it up and just tell me about like why you moved there and then specifically um you know why you made the, the latest jump and what what that entails sure yeah i think um the 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 Nick's role after these two DCM roles uh, was uh, with a, uh, a, a sort of a non-bank, uh, just a corporate, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and how I landed that role was because they were my client uh, in DCM. So I had worked with them uh, closely for their bond issuances. They knew my working style. Uh, and they were very comfortable with me, so they were like, you know, uh, they they uh, they were they were they just extended this uh, uh, sort of uh, they they basically asked, you know, do you want to come over to Hong Kong to uh, join us and help us uh, issue bonds uh, and and fundraise for the company? So I uh, yeah, I, I decided it was a good move. Uh, moving from 
it, it was a it was a whole like a holistic uh, consideration. So I, I decided uh, that generally it was a move from Singapore to Hong Kong. Uh, that was definitely something I I I looked. Uh, it was a plus point to me. Because yeah. um, I've never worked in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it was a move from banking, sell-side banking, to now, I guess, uh, the corporate treasury side. Uh, so, so I'll explain a bit more on that, uh, why I made that move. I think uh, uh, in, in front office, sell-side DCM, you're always um, trying to get your deals. Uh, so there's a bit of a sales element to it where you're trying to jam in uh, your clients' deals. Uh, then uh, treasury on that front is uh, not much of a sales. You're more of the client now. Uh, and and it's, it's more strategic for sure. Uh, in a way, uh, how do you decide between different funding options? Do you issue debt? Do you take loans? Do you... Uh, raise more equity. Uh, that, so, so it's definitely a, a, a choice between doing a, a front office sales job versus a strategic uh, a role. Uh, that was definitely the consideration back then. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I quite like uh, this treasury uh, uh, job. Yeah. And so tell me, tell me more about like, Work going in, working inside of corporation, the treasury department. Obviously, it's just these are big corporations. In order to have yeah. like a have a treasury department, that's like meaningful. Um, and so, tell me a little bit about like what's your how your day to day switched from sell side DCM banking. Like you know, you'd be spending most of your days doing what, like looking at new deals for your clients um, when you're in DCM versus you know. How did it change? Modeling emphasis, what? So like people could get a perspective of what treasury is like. Yeah, I think uh, in, in Asia, DCM, there wasn't a lot of modeling for sure. Uh, hours between DCM and treasury, uh, the hours were definitely uh, a lot uh, more intense in, in DCM than in treasury. I think treasury, you can pretty much assume you get off on time. Um, so what, like 60, 70 hour weeks in DCM down to 50 or 80 hour weeks average? I, I, I don't know what you call it, but like nine to six, nine to seven. Nine to six uh, for DCM. No, no, no. I mean for, for treasury. For treasury. Yeah. So nine to six. Okay. So like, yeah. So in a normal like 40, 50 hour week. Yeah. That's right. But then in banking, in banking, it was like an extra 10 to 20 hours on the top of that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's pretty true. Uh, and then during crunch time, it can be like nine to midnight, nine to two. Yeah. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I think the 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 thing about DCM is that it's it's kind of like a constant sprint rather than a marathon. Uh, yeah. The, uh, there will be some times where you uh, there will be some mal uh, like minor downtimes but when the deals come they just you just gotta rush man yeah and yeah. I, I i quite like that actually yeah and i think i think in a way it was a good first uh career for me to 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 jump into something that intense and then uh moving to something that is less intense after that yeah that makes sense it's hard to go the other way definitely yeah <laughs> definitely. yeah you get your ground get your uh grounding first yeah yeah 
So tell me what's your thought process, any kind of final words of wisdom before we call it in terms of like the path you went on, you thinking of staying in treasury long-term and, you know, any thoughts for the listeners who are, want to follow in your footsteps? Yeah, I think uh, it was uh, definitely uh, treasury is something that I would like to pursue uh, long, long-term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, uh, I don't know if I would, have landed in this if I didn't go through uh, the DCM route that I did. Yeah. Uh, and certainly things would have been a lot different if I had actually landed something in, in London anyway. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, but um, I think in general, if you're thinking of uh, finance uh, as a first, uh, first career, first job, I think it's pretty good in terms of the 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 grind that you get i don't think uh subsequent everything else would probably seem easier <laughs> i'd agree with that it was my experience from banking to <laughs> even to private equity which was uh it was not the easiest transition but well listen cap i really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your wisdom and your experience with the listeners uh and uh, yeah let's stay in touch and thanks to you my listeners at wall street oasis If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.